This is James O'Keefe with some breaking news, and we are going to get right to it. Um, can you hear me? Good. We can hear. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. I got. We got Tara Rodas in the in the uh, program. I'd, I'd like to hear from you, Tara, too. So make sure we get a request to Tara speak. Thank you all for joining. Um, I have a mild cold today, so forgive my raspy voice, but we're doing it live. We have a very special announcement. As you know, I only do these things when I have news to break, and we're doing it every Wednesday because we got a lot of news to break. Every Wednesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to be on X. Thanks to Mr. Elon Musk, he's designed a new feature on this app that allows us to disguise the voices of people. And we have a border patrol agent that will be joining us live on X in about 15 minutes. And I've never really done anything quite like this before. This is live radio. Ordinarily, we've disguised voices via post-production. So we're doing it live. And, and, and this individual is, is going is to bring some things to you. And just like with the IBM story that led to 100-plus whistleblowers, we hope that more comes. But now we're going to go to the breaking story. Before we get to the Border Patrol agent and Ashley St. Clair and a couple of other guests, we are going to break the story here. Uh, this is part two of Arizona border. Um, and as I break the story, uh, this is us. Let me just describe what you're about to hear and see. We just, we just broke the video on X. Uh, this is the Arizona border story. The buses, last time we went to the migrant shelter, uh, this is the secretive migrant facility on, on 1211 East Apache. Now we're going to follow the buses as they go to Phoenix Sky Harbor, and we're going to see what happens here. So I'm going to go ahead and play each of these two-minute clips, discuss, talk about the mainstream media reaction, and take you live to the Border Patrol agent who's on standby, who's listening. Here we go. So we decided to start following the bus that departed on the hour, every hour, from this location to Phoenix Sky Harbor. The first thing that happened to us was the bus stopped on the side of the road. The driver got out and started taking video of us. So this is us following this bus filled with migrants and asylum seekers in Phoenix on the way to the airport. I just saw that we, the people of Arizona, joined. We'll be getting to them soon. And the guy gets out of the bus and starts taking photos of me. He's recording us. Do you have this? Should I get out and talk to him? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Come on. Hi, sir. Hi. He is filming us. So we're following this bus. It says American Nation Tour on it. Now, we've done these reports where uh, the last bus uh, driver we spoke to was Jet Limousine. Now it's American Tour. There's a lot of different subcontractors here working with Charter Up. Uh, then something crazy happens. The bus starts swerving sort of violently to and fro across the freeway, across the highway. I don't know what they refer to the highways in Arizona, parkways, freeways, highways, but check this out. So we decided to start. Then to our shock, the driver of the bus turned on his rear taillights and began to attempt to back into us, apparently trying to ram into our vehicle. He's backing up into you. I mean, this guy literally tries to ram into the front of our car. I mean, this, this driver's out of control, and he wasn't going directly to Sky Harbor. 
He was evading us down side streets, getting off and on on-ramps or a couple times. He got on and off and on-ramp at the last second. Is this the behavior of people who are proud of what they're doing? We know that the Arizona mainstream media has now covered this story. Uh, I'm going to take you to that. The Arizona Republic. Arizona Republic breaking news. This is azcentral.com. They actually have a paywall there. MSNBC, James O'Keefe reportedly fuels threats to Arizona Migrant Center. Right-wingers like Elon Musk helped boost the provocateur's false claim he found a secret center for migrants. But the center isn't secret at all. So let me ask you this question, Mr. Jahan Jones of MSNBC. If this is not a secret, then why the hell are the buses swerving violently across the highway in an attempt to evade photojournalists? Does that make any sense to you? If you're just joining me, I'm taking you through part two of the brand new video just released minutes ago, showing the buses filled with migrants and asylum seekers violently swerving across the highway on the way to Phoenix Sky Harbor. That noise you hear is the bus trying to ram our car because we have the audacity to simply be driving alongside the car. Okay. Oh, what that was about. This guy's trying to threaten us right now, but we're journalists on assignment. We have that pesky first event. That pesky. Right? They don't like that first. Uh, they, they say it's harass harassment to ask questions and show up and report. That's their new, that's their new MO. It's, it's harassment. Yes, we, we see Jordan Conradson just joined from Gateway Pundit. Now, Jordan actually did something similar, but did not get it on video, but we can talk to him later. Good. He's definitely driving recklessly. This guy almost backed up into us. So the driver uh, swerved across the freeway, backing up into us. And one of these maneuvers we were able to get on video, this is the, the last minute swerving on the bypass. What happened next was unbelievable. The bus began violently swerving across the interstate in an attempt to evade us, it got on and off on-ramps at the last minute. We captured this one on video. Whoa! Whoa, did you get that on video? You get that on video? So, I recognize that this is being streamed on, on Spaces, which does not have video. The bus driver gets off, gets off the highway, gets back off. He's swerving left and right the last second to try to evade us. And in fact, the swerving was so aggressive that we actually lost the bus because he didn't go to the Terminal 4. He actually went the wrong way to try to get rid of us. Did you get that on video? Did you get that on video? Reckless driving. Oh, reckless driving. Did you get that on video? Yeah. This, this, this bus driver is currently driving recklessly, trying to evade our ability to report on him dropping off the migrants at the airport, trying to evade our journalism. So again, we're up to 20... 300 people live every few seconds another hundred people join the spaces we are now almost to phoenix sky harbor the bus pulls away coming from 12 elise apache we lose the bus we have a first amendment right to film and ask questions here we go in fact the swerving and evasive maneuvering by the bus was so violent that we actually lost track of this particular bus 
We went back to 1211 East Apache Street and followed the next bus on the hour. We decided to meet them at... So let's go to the next installment here. We went back to 1211 East... We go back to the location. This is the secretive... I, uh, Jason, MSNBC says I'm a liar because, because I reported it was secret. I mean, it's secretive. It's hidden. It's hidden. They're offering us bribes. They're evading us. They're trying to ram into our vehicle. There's many other facilities like that. We'll get to this in a minute. For those of you just joining me, we are taking you to the Border Patrol agent here shortly. And, and that individual is on standby. I'm going to get to you, sir, in about 10 minutes. I have to tell the story of what's happening here um, in Arizona. The secret, secretive, secret, secretive. secretive facilities that are housing the migrants. We're going from the facility to the airport here. Apache Street and followed the next bus on the hour, we decided to meet them at the airport and get out of the car before the bus arrived. But when the driver saw us do that, the bus refused to unload the migrants at the terminal because I was standing outside with my iPhone. So now we're at the airport. I mean, this is kind of gumshoe journalism here. Sometimes you, all you got to do is show up. And the second driver also tried to evade us. This is a bus filled with migrants at about, I would say about three o'clock local time. And the driver won't actually go to the terminal because she spots me in the distance. I'm just standing there with my phone doing that horrible thing. Um, so it, it, it's remarkable because the driver sees me and then starts blocking traffic. She's trying to record me. Um, uh, ma'am, they're evading us. They won't let the immigrants off the bus. They won't let the migrants off the bus. She's blocking traffic. All right, let's get back in the car. Now we get to the they're airport. They're not going to let them off the bus. They're not letting the, they're not actually letting these people off of the bus because they know that I'm in the vicinity. They know that I'm in the neighborhood. Um, truly remarkable. And I know we have the Border Patrol agent on standby. Um, we have the Border Patrol agent, and we're going to get to him in a minute. Um, if you're just joining us, we are streaming live on X, on YouTube, on Instagram. We're taking you through this new video. We've got multiple installments. This is live action. This is live radio. A whistleblower from the Border Patrol is going to be coming on the program in a moment. A very brave individual, which I think is going to set off a kinetic effect. So let's go back to Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. Since this woman was going to let them off, but then she saw me, started filming me, and she keeps going. So standing outside, the bus sat at the terminal outside the door for several minutes before the driver called the Sky Harbor police. Hi. He's on the phone. So I believe, we believe the driver of the bus is now calling the police on me. For those of you who follow my work, literally every time they call the police. There's three layers of irony in that. First of all, many of these people hate the police. Second, what they're doing is probably legally problematic and constitutionally problematic. And third is we're, I'm a journalist who has a First Amendment right to stand there and ask questions. She is afraid to open the door of the bus. So we're gonna sit here and see what's what's happening. So the, the bus driver, the bus driver won't open the door and let the migrants off the bus. 
Why not? They don't want us to see the people putting masks on the faces of the migrants. We're not sure. A few minutes later. So this bus has been has been invading us for quite some time, pulling up first to the terminal prior, now pulling up to this terminal. She's taking video of us, if you can zoom in on the phone there, and, and afraid to open the door and, and let the migrants out into the airport. So we're just going to sit here and, and, uh, and, uh, and so they open the door. She's on the phone. Apparently on the phone with the police. And then the police show up. Now, these are, are these Phoenix Sky Harbor police? They are Phoenix Police Department. They're stationed at Sky Harbor. Phoenix Police Department police stationed at the airport. This this woman walks up to me, and I and I want you to guys. I'd love your opinion on these police. The police officers were called every single time that I show up to these facilities. I'm standing on a sidewalk here, and I'd like you guys to be the judge of what what do you think the uh, is going on with the police officers coordinating and participation with these buses. The police showed up to investigate asked who we were, and then they left. They've called the police. Every single time they called the police. You know, there is some irony with the bus filled with migrants shipping people via airports, and they're calling the police on an American journalist for reporting on it. This is Officer Taylor. I'm going to pause the screen for those of you on YouTube. Get a, get a picture of her face Hi. there. She Notice that she's wearing the body camera. And, and just so you have her badge number here. Call the police. You know, there is some irony with the... And they're calling the police on an American journalist for reporting on it. That's Officer Taylor, badge number 8149. If, you, if anyone knows who this individual is, uh, please DM me what, what their names. We want to we report their names, their full names. Let's see what Officer Taylor has to say to James O'Keefe and his team. Hi, I'm an American journalist. I'm here asking questions. My name is James O'Keefe. How can I help you? Now, then the officer asked me for my ID. Why, why she needs my ID, I don't know. Am I being arrested? I do, but am I, under, am I being detained? Do I know what I need to do here at the airport? I mean, I, I actually have a flight out of Phoenix Sky Harbor. After the officers showed up, the driver opened the door and the migrants stepped off. So here is footage of the migrants getting off the bus at Terminal 4, door 23, Phoenix, actually door 21. And if you have any comments or insights into what we've been talking about today, Please write it in the comments. Our team will review and bring you up on the queue. So if you guys have comments, you can, you can, X allows you to do that and we'll bring you up. It's 420. I want to spend another five to 10 minutes taking you through the rest of this video. And then I want to get to our border patrol individual. We have incredible news coming up and I want people to populate the space. Now we have almost 6,000 live listeners and I'm going to just uh, go ahead and say, we have, a, we have an insider in the Border Patrol joining us in a few minutes. And they're going to speak about some things you've never heard before.
At Project Veritas, we'd often interview these folks in the dark. Um, but this individual is going to be joining us live with the voice disguised in 10 minutes time. So please share the space. Please message your friends, support our mission, support our work. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and post that. It seemed as though law enforcement was being used to intimidate journalists. Calling police on American journalists for reporting on issues. Now notice these officers are standing near the bus. Look at, look at that shot, for those of you on YouTube. Look at those officers. I don't know if they're proud of what they're doing. Police on American journalists for reporting on issues. Uh, sir, can I, have your, can I have your name? What is your first name? Steve Butler, ma'am, what's your name? So we have Steve Butler, Officer Taylor. A1, sir, what's your badge number and name? 6974. Ma'am, ma'am, why, ma why did you call the police? Ma'am, who, who do you work for? Ma'am, who do you work for? Here we have the migrants walking in the airport. So then they walk into the airport and the cops sort of scurry away. They don't want to have anything to do with this anymore. Um, let me let me take you to the next part of the video. Using some source information our tipsters sent us over Signal and X, we were able to figure out where the buses were coming from originally down near the border. Border Patrol agents referred to them not as migrants or illegal immigrants, but as bodies or tonks, and have told O'Keefe Media they transported them through a series of centers, stations, and tent cities throughout Arizona. The web of facilities is so vast and so complex, it's difficult to even summarize. We decided to begin somewhere. One of the initial locations is actually on an Indian reservation called Tohono Ono. A now, I don't know if my pronunciation of that is, is correct for, for you Arizonians. This is three miles north of the border. This is something called the LEC Center. Uh, law enforcement center. It's not really known and you can't really visit it. Uh, we've been told this is an incredibly secure facility where they initially go. Completely unknown facility that you cannot visit and has not been reported on. The facility is referred to as LEC or Law Enforcement Center, three miles north of the border on San Miguel Road. It is from here that the bodies are transferred to places like TSS, the tent city at 4550 East Los Reales Road in Tucson, close to the Los Reales landfill, or perhaps to the tent city on the border town of Nogales, NPC, the Nogales Processing Center. It is from the Nogales Processing Center that the bodies are then transferred to an area where they are bussed north taken to another processing facility that has capacity, or to NGOs like the International Red Cross, the International Rescue Committee, and many others. So we Now, the International Rescue Committee is just one nonprofit with the $1.4 billion budget, $415 million from the feds. That's, you're looking at me and Nogales there. We decided to trace these buses. We're going we're gonna to follow the scent, follow the scent, as they say in investigative journalism. So we go to Nogales. Decided to check out where the bodies were being loaded onto the buses after the Nogales Processing Center. That occurred at the intersection of North Grand Avenue and West Crawford Street in Nogales, Arizona, just a few hundred yards from the border. Now, if you have not been to Nogales, it is a, it is a, uh, a seedy, kind of dangerous area. 
um, we are we are we are still reporting. We have one clip from the Gallus before we get to our our um, our main event here. I went to talk to the driver and the organizers of the buses. Man, perdona, man. Habla inglés? Yes. Let me see your badge. See this badge, please. Santa Cruz County. So the the woman on the bus in the Gallus who's sort of organizing this in charge of the bus is a employee of the county of Santa Cruz County, Arizona, right, Jason? Yes. A county employee. We, we thought she may have been a community college employee, yeah. but county employee, we couldn't quite make out her name. Um, so now you have money coming from the county. You have International Red Cross workers. They're a nonprofit. And you have another nonprofit confirmed to us there in Nogales, and we're just, if you have any more information about this, something apparently called Alitas, Casas Alitas, A-L-I-T-A-S. I noticed that the badge the staffer on the bus was wearing was one of Santa Cruz County. Apparently the county foots the bill for the transportation of the migrants from the border towns like Nogales to the migrant centers we found in places like Phoenix, and also apparently Tucson. Are you with the county of... Santa Cruz or um, is this a bus transportation? The county worker they're confirming that she's with the county of Santa Cruz. Oh, okay. Oh, now they can't answer questions. So for the first few minutes, I don't think they realized what I was or who I was or what I was doing. And then they started to realize I'm James O'Keefe, you know, and it's, it's just, does anybody else find it interesting that they just scatter, scurry away? I mean, why are they scurrying away? <laughs> Going back to our friends at MSNBC, people face threats, fuels threats. Well, first of all, the implication that somehow reporting facts makes me responsible for threats. But what are you doing, government officials, NGOs, that what, what, what shameful behaviors are you up to that might lead people to react that way? So obviously the, the job here is to show people what's going on. While I was talking to the Santa Cruz County employee on the rear side of the bus, one of our OMG citizen journalists was talking to American Red Cross workers. They did not know they were being videotaped. This, uh, this is the Alitas or is this the American Red Cross? This is the, oh, the, the American Red Cross just assisted. Now, what happened here is that a citizen reporter, and, and I want more people to do this and more people are, um, re secretly recorded the encounter with American Red Cross and Elitas. They confirm that they are Elitas. We, we need to look deeper into this Elitas group, and we will. Um, we're just following the scent, ladies and gentlemen, following the trail. And they confirm that this is an NGO called Elitas and Red Cross partnering together and shipping them off to places like Tucson. The Red Cross official confirmed that another nonprofit called Alitas was involved in the Gales and Tucson. My worries is that you've been probably been watching TV. They get shipped and then they get like abandoned over. Well, I'm here and I can tell you that that's not true. They they go to another place. But when they but when they get Stop to the there. point of this thing, like in New York, you know, like they get dumped and people are like helpless. Are you still providing help over there? Because you know everybody watches the news. Can't discuss that. No, we can't discuss that. No, we're not allowed to say what what's happening. So apparently they do get shipped to another location and uh, an OMG is dedicated to taking you to that other secret location. 
and uh, we have some information. We're gathering more. Uh, it gets crazier. It gets wilder. This is it gets dark. Um, it gets terrifying. And we went there once. We're going back. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our uh, our person inside the border patrol. I'm going to get them queued up. Um, let's see if you're if we can get you queued up here. Are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Is my voice being disguised? Your voice is disguised. Thank you again, Mr. Elon Musk, for bringing that feature to us. So you're live, um, and my understanding is that you are currently a Border Patrol agent. Is that right? I can confirm that, as well as that I would never kill myself. And I can confirm to the people listening that I, I know that the individual you're listening to is a Border Patrol agent because I recognize their ex-avatar, um, uh, and I understand that to be a Border Patrol agent, and I've spoken to this individual a number of times recently. So I guess, um, t tell me what's going through your mind right now, and just start anywhere you want about why you decided to, to, to come on here and, and tell the world about what's going on. I joined the Border Patrol because I have a duty to protect my country. I'm a man of God, God and honor. And and are you scared? I've seen firsthand the power that the government can come down upon those who speak out with. So, yes, I'm, I'm petrified. Um, there's a lot to talk about uh, here, um, and, I'm, and I'm sure people have a lot of questions. Um, you are actively working for and currently employed by the border patrol um and in, yeah. what first of all what's your react i guess the first question is the stuff in arizona we're seeing here with the camps and the, and the npc and the lec that secret facility as well as the uh processing center on 12 11 apache is that Tell us more about that or what you can say about any of the facilities that you've, you've seen. Every Border Patrol agent in Arizona knows about that. It's par for the course. It's sickening. It's human trafficking. Every Border Patrol agent knows that. And do they do they go along with it just, just because it's their job? They're all complicit. Most are sick to their stomachs, but they don't want to lose their job or their house. They don't want to lose their job. And, you know, um, what, what's your reaction to what we've reported there in the video or what, what needs, I guess, what needs to be reported? What, what sort of information needs to be brought to light about the crisis and the trafficking? To me, the biggest problem is the, the little girls and the women that are coming across that are unaccounted for. Furthermore, the, the scale of this is bigger than most could imagine, and it's coming in. And it... I think we might be, be you're breaking in and out there. Like if you could repeat what you said. There's a large-scale operation ongoing, and it is scary to see what's occurring. Um, what's the scariest part about the women and children? I think you had broken up, but there might be a little bit of a bad connection where you are. 
Um, what's what's one of the scariest aspects of the women and children in the trafficking? Once they're out of our possession, you can no longer find them. They don't show up to court and they're unaccounted for. Once they're once they're out of your possession, um, you know, you try try getting off of the Wi-Fi on your phone. That that might help make the connection better. This is the best I can do. Got it. For those of you joining us, we are live on Spaces on YouTube on Facebook with someone actively inside the Border Patrol. And there's a little bit. We apologize for the connection. We got people all over the country. Uh, in places we don't want to disclose. Uh, uh, if you could take us a step a step deeper in, into the women and children issue, the trafficking. You said the border patrol. Um, a lot of them know this is wrong, but they go along with it anyway. And I just, I think something has to change. Um, what do you think is going to happen this year with with this crisis? It's only gotten worse each year, the last three years. Most agents know, but they still go along. And and why are you speaking out about this? My family and my children won't have a chance in the future if this isn't stopped immediately. It sounds... It sounds like a like an exaggeration, but the scale is so enormous, people don't understand. You know, one of the things that I, I've seen uh, in reporting on this, on these facilities, is, is, is it's so complex. Like the facilities, the tents, the, the, the LEC. I've never even heard of LEC. I don't know how many people on this listening have heard of LEC before or NPC or these tent cities. I, I didn't know about that on um, the Indian reservations and elsewhere. Um, What's your message to other Border Patrol agents who are listening? And we do have Border Patrol agents listening to this. What is your message to them? Don't let me putting my life on the line be in vain. Step up. Be the man or woman God wants. Say, say that again. You're breaking in and out. God would want the truth to be spoken. And and um, you know when when you and I when you and I spoke it was a, it was um, I think there's definitely the fear the fear aspect for a lot of people they're scared they don't want to lose their job their mortgages their money they have wives they have they have uh, children I mean if you could just speak a little bit about that I think that's a really important thing to address with the thousands of other people that work alongside you. We all signed up, took an oath to our constitution and our country. Uh, right now. We're sorry, everyone. Uh, there's a connection issue here. It's with the voice recorder. I think it cuts out after uh, I've been talking for. Yeah, the voice recorder. It's a it's a, a brand new feature here. So we're doing something revolutionary and we're going to do the best we can and perhaps perhaps repeat what you had said a moment ago about about the adherent the um, message to other border patrol agents about the oath they take to the constitution that oath is against enemies foreign and domestic we're facing domestic enemies right and um, so we're just going to uh, uh, we, we'll go for a few seconds i'll go for a few seconds we'll do the best we can with the technology here 
the government you mentioned does not want border patrol agents uh, speaking out publicly, right? Yes, everything they do is under the cover of darkness and hidden places. Wow. Um, uh, let me think about what else I can ask you, because I know you don't want to give away. I mean, your conscience, I guess, maybe talk about that for a minute. And um, you, we, you and I have had some conversations, uh, some encrypted conversations. Talk to me about your conscience. Is that what's driving you to, 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 to talk to the world today? My conscience has never been clearer talking to you and your audience, Jane. Um, where is this crisis headed? There's 11,000, there's human trafficking, these children, the, the, uh, perhaps what the, what's the morale of the other Border Patrol agents? What, what are we seeing right now? We've all been beaten down. It's an abortion of an agency, and we all feel treason. Uh, morale's beaten down. Uh, people feel... Um, We've heard border patrol agents are committing suicide because of what they've had to deal with. Is, is that true? I personally witnessed many friends uh, take their lives within the last three years. Unbelievable. I mean, how many? Um, on one hand, I'd say maybe two. Um, I hope that other border patrol agents are listening to this and I, and I hope that I hope that you're inspired. I mean, this is this is this is really we're at a time in, in space and time where you have to decide if you care more about your country and about the truth than you do about your paycheck. Um, how do you how do you keep going? How, what motivates you to do this work? I'm unmotivated, but through this, God is showing me there's a way to speak out, and other agents can't. You're being shown through this, so so perhaps this this be, being here today is what motivates you to keep going. Yes, and to inspire other agents and other men to step forward and and do the right. To to the citizen journalists who are reporting on these stories, what? What, where should they look? Like, what is the information that we need? Where do we need to go? What do we need to uncover next? What needs to be exposed? All of the airports, all of the border zones, many of the places they choose now are places that the public can. And I think um, the reason, uh, I've just got a message, the, the, in terms of your technology, um, you don't have to hold the disguise button. Um, hold, we don't have uh, to... As long as the button is selected, you don't have to hold it down. As long as it's selected. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. You bet. Oh, I almost ruined the interview because um, <laughs> I'm a PA. I'm not a doctor. Sorry about that, James. Now it's actually now we can speak. Sorry. No, Once there again, we sorry. go. Now we've solved the problem. Good. We were, we were speaking. I never claimed to be a hobby trained doctor. <laughs> In a Morse code, but now we've got it. Great, great, great. Good. Um, okay. Um, how do we? So how do we get more border patrol agents to come forward? Because I think that could be the difference in in, in two thousand twenty four. James, I was inspired personally by the spaces with Elon, Andrew Tate, Vivek, 
There is only good and evil. There is no in-between. If you stand in-between, you're no better than the, no the Nazi guards that led people into the infernos. You must step forward. You cannot lie and wait and pay your mortgage, because in one to two generations, we'll, we'll, there will be no mortgage to pay. Um, I personally follow a light from God. I'm, I take inspiration from other men that have come before me and stood up. Um, I plead with you, if you're an agent, you know what the right and the wrong thing is. You know these little girls are getting trafficked. And the sad thing is, they've turned the men that are supposed to protect the borders, we're now the new traffickers. And we've been the new traffickers ever since the new regimes come in. Me personally, I have no problem standing up and facing the repercussions because that's what a man of honor, and that's what a man who, who has a heart and soul and believes in God would do regardless of what happens today. I'm not doing this for myself. The easy place to keep your mouth shut. But we weren't put on this earth to, to, to assist Satan. Cause this, what they're, what's going on right now is in my, I, in my heart, I believe is truly satanic and evil. God want you to stand up regardless. This life isn't the only life you may be rewarded in. After talking to you today, I have to face my maker and he's going to ask me, did I do everything possible to stop this? And this is one way I can do that. So I appreciate you letting me on, letting me on. Sorry about the, the technology mix-up, but I just want other men and women that wear the green badge. You took an oath. They want to brainwash you and tell you that this is wrong. It's not wrong. This is what, this is right at its core. And I'm no different than... What, what would you, you sound like a principled person, you know, and, and I think what you're doing is revolutionary. I think it's absolutely revolutionary. So I, I just... What, what what would you say to your kids one day when they're listening to you 15 years from now? Your father may be in jail. Your father may have been suicided, but your father was a man of courage and honor. I'm not perfect. I sin daily just like everyone else. But sometimes God calls on ordinary men with ordinary jobs to live a life outside of themselves. And I don't know what's going to happen. I was scared prior to this interview. But now I actually feel invigorated and energized to call to action the other 20,000 or so agents. Many of your friends killed themselves because they couldn't look that person in the mirror. I would tell my kids, can you look yourself in the mirror? Do you want to look and see a coward on the other end? Or do you want to look and see someone who did the right thing? No one's perfect, but this is so far beyond the wrong thing. Um, I mean... This is so revolutionary that, that you have decided to do this. I, I predict that one person or two people, Border Patrol agents, will be messaging us. Um, you know, and, and um, before we get to a couple... Can couple I talk about the tents? Can I talk about the tents? Yes, absolutely. They stuff these little children, women, and men in tents. They're letting single adult males in, personally, from countries I've seen um, all across Africa. At this point, it's not even Central and South America. It's across the globe. Um, Asia, everywhere, people that cannot read or write, that will not contribute, they would not be able to contribute to society in, in any way, shape, or form. They don't even speak a language that a translator can understand. They, they're doing that. There isn't, they show up and their passports haven't been stamped. They don't have a penny to their name. How are they getting to the border in the first place? What, what is happening with the women and children? Like, what's the worst you've seen? They show up. You can see the look and despair in their eyes. They tell countless agents they've been raped. And then they give us a fictitious address. And we lose track of these people. 
So this is ripe for the pickings of a human trafficker that wants to sell these children off, sell these women off. Um, they give you a fake ID. We, we are supposed to verify the address. We know these addresses are all fake. All the, all this regime wants to do is stuff as many people into the major cities as they can and as fast as they can before the jig is up. Is this just a problem on the southern border? Is it happening on the northern border? From people I've talked to on the northern border, it's going on just as much. The northern border, I guess, Mexico and Canada have an agreement that if you're a Mexican citizen, you can fly right into Canada, no visa. I'm no international law attorney, but from my friends, they've said that they're bringing people to hotels across the northern border states of Maine, New Hampshire, Washington, Idaho, Montana, all across, all across. Are they militant? And how will this impact safety from your perspective? I've seen uh, buses after buses, hundreds of buses of men, 18 to 30 years old. They have hatred in their eyes. They disrespect the Border Patrol agents. They will... People don't understand what's going on once again. When they have... Just as I'm calling the agents as a call to action, if they get a call to action to bring down this country, they will, I guarantee you, with everything, they will rise up. These men are not men of God. I, I don't want to speak badly about them because I don't know for sure, but I'm telling you right now, they want to portray as women and families. Most buses are filled with single adult men, all of military age. And that's, a, that's something that we've heard before, but I'm telling you, I've seen it firsthand, and the government is doing it in secret and hiding it. For those of you who are just tuning in here, we have, you know, 8,000 live listeners, half a million total listeners on this weekly show. You are listening to an individual inside Border Patrol. There are literally hundreds of questions that that you're sending sending me to ask here, and I appreciate your time. James, yes. James, can I say one thing? People say the government moves, people say the government moves slow. They're right, but when the government wants to mobilize and move fast for, for something, I have never seen on such a grand scheme. This is organized. This is, they're doing this strategically. They're doing this smart. They're being successful at moving these people into the country. They are not moving slow. This is only gaining speed rapidly. They know how to mobilize when they have to. Why is this happening? What's behind this? We all believe that, um, that they're trying to bring as many people in to take the benefits away and collapse the economy. So that way there is a massive chaos. From this chaos, the government then can control us further and promise us security as long as we give up our, our privacy. And the best way to do that is bring as many people into the country as they can and um, just and a global is, economy. Your fellow Border Patrol agents also agree with this? I'm, I'm, or how, how yes, 99 out of 100. Most men that, that take, out of 100 people most men that take this... We all signed up to go into bad situations and stop people that want to come into this country illegally to cause harm. And we know we signed up to do that. Now we're bringing these people in. They're making the men that signed up to stop these people coming into the country to cause harm. They're making those same men bring people into the country. We're, we might not be the most technology savvy. A lot of us come from broken homes, backgrounds of all types. But we talk about this, and your average patrol agent knows this is going on, and we either tend to ignore it or we don't talk about it because it's sickening. What um what is the excuse people are giving you 
for coming to America? Are they saying they're refugees from war-torn countries? Are they trying to get a better life? Like, what are they actually saying to the Border Patrol agent? They don't even talk to us. They just tell us to hurry up and get the paperwork faster. They're, um, not, they, most of them aren't thankful for anything. They think it's their right to get as much clothing, shelter, and food as humanly possible. As soon as they show up, they want, they want food. They want a burrito. They want a blanket. They want juice. They, they don't say, please, they give me this. It is my right. It is my right to come here and get these things. They feel entitled to it. You know, a number of sources, uh, have told us about this LEC center and other centers. I mean, it's just, it's just very Once again, you cannot yeah. go to that center. It's on the Tohono O'odham reservation. They will not allow you to go down there. You would be arrested you if you even tried to go. That, that's the Indian reservation? Yes, it's about the size of the state of Connecticut. A lot of the, the, the things they're doing down there, the public couldn't see because the federal, you know, reservation they're doing it all hours of the day and night and they're trying to be as secretive and quiet about it as possible why are they trying to be secretive about all these things what's the secret why, why hide it look at all the agents that are committing suicide look at all the people that can't that can't face it why do you think they're killing themselves because they can't look in the mirror if the public really knew the public i'd say is getting maybe 15 to 20 percent of this if they really knew the damage that was being done I can only assume that people would stand up. I don't know, but I can only assume people stand up and put a stop to it. Well, let's go back to you because you are standing up, and and you're kind of one of the one of the first type of people that have. There aren't many federal employees that are speaking through a voice encoder right now on live radio. That 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 might be that might be a first uh, for Elon Musk here. But are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? Yes, I am. Before this interview, me and you went over a couple songs. That really, get, that really reinforce the power of God. Federal job, non-federal job, food, uh, being able to feed my family, feed myself. Um, I put that second to telling the public what really needs to be heard. Um, I'm no better than anyone else, but I've seen horrors, and on a daily basis, I've seen what's going on. They can do anything they want to me, but they can't take my belief in God. They can't take my afterlife. They can't take Jesus Christ away from me. They might be able to take my country. They might be able to take our school systems away. They may be able to take our pride, but they, they can't take God from us. And if you have God and you have Jesus in your life, you, you can have the courage to stand up. And you, you can be brave. What's your favorite uh, uh, psalm? I'd like for you, if you have the Bible in front of you, if you can read Psalm 3 for me, because this is challenging. My favorite's probably 3, maybe 26 as well, that's provided me a lot of comfort prior to this interview. Sure, I could, I could read that for you. Um, what you're doing is very brave and, and difficult, and, and uh, this is really important to a lot of people, because Psalm 3... Um, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, but you are a shield around me. The one who lifts my head high, I pull out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, deliver me, 
strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. Uh, also, uh, I think there's one more that you wanted me I to read. Say sorry. I want to say sorry to my family for the consequences we may face in the future. Uh, I'm sorry for this, but it had to be done. I, if, I don't know if I'm first or last, but I had to do something. If you're a Border Patrol agent and you know this is wrong, you've seen this, please stand up. Please stand up. I want to thank you. I want to thank Elon. I want to thank Patrick Pat David. I want to thank Andrew Chait, Justin Wallet, Tristan Tate. There's many men right now on the internet that are calling other men of ordinary lives to action. You told me that greatness might be thrust upon me. I don't perceive myself as great. I perceive myself as a working man, but well, I mean, something has to be done. Greatness is, is so some men are born great, some men achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. And it's the ordinary man here. You're listening to a Border Patrol agent uh, bravely risking his livelihood um, and himself. He's, it's, while it's unlikely, I believe, that he will be compromised because he is an anonymous source. And through the technology, brand new technology, we're able to hear directly from him. We also talk another one of, you know, just because I know this is incredibly difficult. I mean, can you imagine the psychological difficulty of doing what this individual is doing? Can you imagine? I can't even get into more about their life, but can you imagine? Uh, this is another one that we read together, and I'll read it aloud because I think it's something that every, uh, Laura Logan uh, and I uh, uh, say this to each other. Uh, this is something that every Border Patrol agent should hear. If you are listening, and I know that you are, you need to listen to this. Um, uh, even though I walk through the darkest valley, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I know that's one of one of the things that we read together. And I know that this is incredibly difficult. Um, you know, is there anything you want to say about that challenge and overcoming it, which you are currently doing? I just want to repeat: they can take our country so far. They can take our school systems. They can take our healthcare systems. They can throw every man in jail. They can't take God from you. If I didn't have God, I wouldn't have the courage to speak. I don't know where I would be. I don't know if this is my calling or if this is just something I decided to do, but I, I follow, I follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm not perfect. I'm a, I'm a massive sinner, but it takes ordinary men and women who are sick and tired of seeing this to stand up. If not now, when? If not now, when? Um, we have one, one, one or two more minutes with you because I know, I know that we have to go. Um, I have Tara, who actually is a whistleblower. She did something. She did something kind of similar. <clears throat> she was not with the Border Patrol, but she blew the whistle on sex trafficking. Tara, if you could just, and this is remarkable, we have a person who's currently inside the Border Patrol on with us. Tara, you've done this, and you've done it on sex trafficking, and you blew the whistle on your agents. You testified before Congress. Uh, would you mind asking them a question or two or, or a comment, if you would? Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much, James and Mario and everybody for doing this space. And thank you so much to this brave whistleblower for coming forward. 
And um, one of the people in the space, Alpha, asked me to ask a question that I think is very pertinent. After you seek whistleblower protection and reach out to your office of inspector general, I would highly recommend that you do that so that you can get some protection. But what would happen if the border patrol actually went on strike? I'm not suggesting that anybody do that. I'm asking, would that mean that the states would have to stand up to support the border, which potentially could bring more visibility to the situation? Um, that's a question. Uh, let's go to the Border Patrol whistleblower. Your reaction to Tara's question. What do you think about her question? I think it's in our DNA to protect our homeland. I'm personally not going to allow these people. So I'm not going to put down my gun and my rifle to allow anyone that wants to come through with drugs or guns to come through. What I think is a good idea is to not drive the bus, not let them get in your van. Say, I'm not taking these people north. If you want me to take them south, I'll drive them south. But why am I driving them north, east, and west? Let's return them. Let's say no and stop bringing these people further into the interior. I don't think we should go on track. I think we should show up. Do what's been asked of us because there's nowhere in the academy they tell you to bring people into the country and drop them off so they can steal they can kill innocent civilians um i think you should show up and say no i'm not doing it and we and it's not just one person we all have to do it and say we are done with this we're never going to do this again i'm not bringing one more person deeper into my country and protect the line they always say hold the line the line there is no more line why don't we get right. to remove Removing the aliens and hold the line. Um, okay. Tara, well, your I, reaction to that? Yeah, well, I that was not anything I was suggesting at all. I just wondered what might happen because I think we do need to figure out ways to put eyes on this situation. So um, I like what he said about the other people who were moving the people and moving the children, right? At some point, somebody has to stand up and say no. So I really want to thank James. For those of you who know, in 2021, Aaron Stevenson is on here. He began blowing the whistle. And then in, in mid-2021, I was blowing the whistle. James did a very in-depth um, study of where of addresses that we gave him and found that children were saying I'm being pimped out by my sponsor. You know, HHS has lost over 85,000 children in a two-year period. Gone. They haven't even reported FY23, how many children are missing. So who is benefiting here? It's clearly not the children, right? Well, so we need to think about this. Going back to the individual, we, I, I also have Aaron in the queue. Um, uh, to the border patrol agent here on um you know is it a money grab is it, it again it, is it seems to me looking at this these ngos red cross international rescue now we have alitas i've never heard of these things these are hundreds of millions of dollars is it all a money grab james you need to look into who owns the companies in these tent cities the cleaning companies the contractors they have men and women that are contractors to keep an eye for every one agent there's 10 contractors we know they're only getting paid maybe 15 to 25 an hour who knows what the government's actually paying the company to staff them though 
If you did the research and looked into who owns these companies, they're shell companies, I'm assuming, and there's probably, I hate to say it, but we know it's true, there's probably politicians behind it or pumping stocks into them. They're same companies that are in California are in the 10 cities in Texas. It's the same companies that I think they're called Allied Services, maybe, um, and the food who's preparing the food. This is a massive money grab. Money, once again, we learn in the Bible, is the root of all evil. If you trace the money, eventually you'll get to the top of the evilness. I'm not saying if you have money, there's evil, but who's making money off this? We know it's not the contractors that are passing out burritos and washing the tents. But who we owns that company? The U.S. government has given at least $415 million to just one of these NGOs. That's International Rescue in Phoenix. 415, including Tara from HHS. Aaron, Aaron uh, uh, Stevenson was a whistleblower, is a whistleblower that I interviewed two years ago calling out Department of Homeland Security. Aaron, you have an individual who's, who's live on the radio here with his voice disguised. Aaron, do you have any reaction to what he said here and any, any thoughts or questions? I didn't capture all of it, obviously. I just kind of joined in, but highly recommend you follow through with uh, the whistleblower protection stuff. To my understanding, it's pretty quick and easy. Um, and your agency is supposed to have it. Basically, broadcast very easy. Now, I'm sure you know, because I used to be, I was in DHS for like 10 years. Um, any of the training that goes on, like, really sucks, right? You can just click your way through. Everyone does anyways. But they never actually describe the process of how to do the whistleblower protection. So make sure you go through it. Um, and I think your ethics attorneys can kind of, like, hold your hand through it as well if you need to. Maybe James could point me in the right direction as far as that is concerned. This is the first time I'm hearing of that. So maybe somebody can uh, help me out the, the spaces to walk me through. We will help you 100%. We will help you. Aaron, any other just sort of reactions to the, you know, I don't know if, Aaron, you've had interactions with Border Patrol agents, but it seems to me this could be a, um, after the IBM store, we saw 120 insiders. Is, is something changing in the cultural zeitgeist of this country now? Are we going to have Border Patrol agents come forward? Aaron, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, more than likely, no. This this is a rare breed. Most people are going to support the system because, not because they're loyal to it, because they're just, they're hemmed up, they're levied up. It's not easy to walk away from your job. And and take the financial challenges, which you yourself have faced uh, uh, immensely. Um, well, I, I hope that's not true. Um, uh, going back to... Uh, the, the courage here and the and the example this sets, um, you know, I predict that we will have at least one or two Border Patrol agents come forward. Um, let's see. Um, let's go to, I think we have another uh, people on the deck. Do we have, uh, let me go to my team here. Jordan, Jordan Conradson, are you there? Jordan? Yes, hello, James. Sorry about that. You got sirens in the background. Hopefully the cops aren't coming yeah. for you like they're coming for me. No, All I hear is just, sirens every just day. Just an ambulance. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, go go ahead. I mean, first of all, I guess since we still have the when, – whenever the Border Patrol insider needs to drop off, he, he can. But do you have any uh, questions or thoughts on what he has said? And kind of, kind of this – it just tugs at your heart what, what he said here over the last 45 minutes. Yeah, you know, I, I was listening to to it the last 45 minutes. It really shook me to the core, you know, um, just to imagine. You know, it's one thing to see it. It's one thing to see it on the news, see it in person, but it's another thing to 
be not just asked, but forced by your employer, forced by the totally incompetent and corrupt um, DHS secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, and Joe Biden to disavow your beliefs, disavow your training, becoming a Border Patrol agent, and do the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Essentially help these people break the law, enter our country, um, destroy our country, and also just to witness the things that these people have to witness. Because, I mean, we we see on the news, we see videos of thousands, tens of thousands of illegal immigrants coming to the border, lining up at the border wall. But we don't see the micro part of that, the smaller part of it with the little children, the women, the evil men, quite frankly, just doing terrible things to them. And so the fact that, and I believe that whistleblower, um, uh, Heedle Monster, he, he told us that ever since the regime change, and that, that's really what it was, it was a regime change, obviously with the 2020 election, with COVID, everything, um, they've been trafficking humans. I mean, that's just disgusting to have to think about. And being a godly man, like this Border Patrol agent is, it's it's got to weigh on your conscience and it's got to be hard. Um, a lot of people ask me, well, go ahead. Jordan, um, real quick, because we got to get to Carlos. Yes. Um, it, 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 30 seconds or less on, you, you went through some type of Sikh uh, bus chase yourself. Yes. Uh, as portrayed in the video, you may have not gotten it on video. Um, just say a comment about that. Very similar to yours. You know, they, they were doing the same kind of dangerous maneuvers, driving through traffic, stopping, slowing down, speeding up super fast, zigzagging across the road, <coughs> blocking traffic. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me that these people who work for the counties, um, in your video, it was a Santa Cruz County employee, they're actually there protecting the illegal immigrants. They're, they're not just transporting them what, somewhere, what they're protecting that, what, them. What, why is the county in the state, what is that about? Is that funding coming from the county? I mean, we'll, we'll find out. But Yeah, so a lot of the, uh, the funding is coming from the county. I'll, I'll put this in the chat here in a second, but, I mean, Maricopa County themselves last year they gave at least five million dollars to these humanitarian organizations so it's it's not just the federal government who's giving money to these organizations it's individual counties we have nine counties in arizona so five million from maricopa our largest county you know you you extrapolate that do the math uh 60 of the population you know they're getting close to nine or ten million dollars from the counties i i would assume of course i don't know the numbers off the top of my head but We'll get yes, them. We'll get, we'll them. get them. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Jordan. Let's go to Carlos. Carlos Arellano is a citizen journalist in Texas near Brownsville. I was actually introduced to Carlos from Terra, and he has been reporting on the situation down at the border for years. Carlos, don't give too much away because O'Keefe Media is talking to a lot of the sources that you know, so don't, don't give away the story that we might, uh, we might find, but can you just first react to this and, I, and if the border patrol insider is still here, maybe oh, even yeah. ask. Thank you. Maybe Carlos. Maybe even ask them a question or respond to what they've said here on the program. Well, uh, my main question that I would have for him is: first of all, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. And my question for you is: when I'm traveling around the airports, I come across a lot of people who are here illegally who miss their flights, 
because they don't speak English and they don't know how to maneuver around a giant airport like Dallas for their connection or Houston, George Bush. And many of them have told me that they've been at the airport for two days, three days. Some have even said that the airline does not want to rebook them a second time or a third time. And uh, what's the process when it comes to that? Have you guys gotten any phone calls or what have you guys heard on your end when it comes to that? And also, uh, I used to be a, a transportation specialist. I used to move children around the country and around during my time doing that for the federal government, I moved around maybe close to 10,000 children, give, give or take a few uh, hundred. And uh, what's the youngest you have ever handed over a child at the border to to the to an NGO or to the Office of Refugee Resettlement? What's the youngest you've ever uh, have found at the border? When it comes to the age of the young children, maybe uh, two to six months would be the youngest. I try I would try not to ask the number of months because it was so sickening to even think about. Um, but those people that get left in the airports. They're there to fend for themselves. They're there to, you know, ask the, the locals, uh, and state, um, social security benefit offices for money. Once we sign a paper that we have that releases them from custody, we no longer deal with them. We give them a file number and that's it. They can't come back. We don't care. It's on to the next. They're already in the interior. The only goal for the organization is to go get more people at the border that are waiting in these camps. It, not the camps that we're bringing them to, the camps on the border, grab them, fill them up the bus, and go. That's all they're concerned about, is the number of people. The more people you can get in, the better. They don't care once we release them. They're stuck at the airport, they're off the fence for themselves, and that's it. Carlos, you're, you're near Brownsville, one of the busiest border areas, border crossings. You've seen a lot, and you know Tara. I mean, what's the... A, Carlos, what's the most alarming thing that you've seen uh, in, in, in your reporting down there? Well, the most alarming thing I've seen is that the NGOs have quotas and they're more worried about losing the contract than doing the job the right way. So when it comes to hiring people, they will hire and put people on the job first before even having the background come back. So when I see your video of the bus driver almost crashing into you, uh, my, my my thinking is it's probably a, a young 20-year-old who whose background didn't fully come through. And I know all of this because I used to move children, uh, migrant children, for the federal government. And you would think that I would have a social worker degree or some kind of background involving children. All I have is a GED. So I didn't, I didn't go to school to do any of this. And all I had was a GED and they... They gave me access to children for years regarding this this type of work. Did what did you just so that people know your background? What what was your position in the government, or what did you what was your job? So they call it transportation specialist, migrant escort, travel youth care worker. So there's thousands of children. For example, right now in the state of Texas alone, there's twelve thousand children who showed up at the border without a father, without a mother, any kind of relative. And a lot of the times what that means, too, is the person they showed up was separated from the child because they were probably raping them or beating them, uh, uh, multiple, multiple issues. So they are given into a program called ORR, which I know you're very, uh, you, you know about it, but 
my job was to pick these children up from Texas and and take them across the United States. So I was on flights that would arrive at two in the morning, one in the morning from El Paso, Texas, all the way to Westchester, New York. I've been to Vermont. I've been to every state. I've been to Vermont to drop off children, Maine, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Wyoming, all the northern states. And the sketchiest, uh, uh, the, the most concerning part about all this is that some of the children used to tell me that they arrived in the United States a year ago, two years ago, seven months ago, and they arrived with their sister, their brother, but they were separated in a shelter in Chicago. And it's, and it's uh, very concerning because how do you arrive to Texas, go to Chicago with your sister to a shelter, come back to Texas, and then you're being sent back out to the East Coast again. So it, it's, it's it, the reason why that is, is because these shelters get money for each, each head under their care to, they get money to feed them. They get money for putting a roof over their head. They get money to feed them. Everything, everything is taxed by these NGOs to the, uh, charging the federal government. So when you hey, see- Carlos, Carlos, let me, um, let me ask you this. And, and, and we got, we still have the border patrol insider. We got 8,000 people listening. It's five fifteen on the East coast. Uh, we got another 20 minutes left here. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that they're, they're attacking us with here, it's interesting that MSNBC and Raw Story and the Arizona, is it called the Republic? Republic it's going to become a woke clickbait mag. It's no, no longer doing any journal. It, it almost reminds me, Carlos, of a, of a CIA mockingbird operation. Bring in the Pulitzer Prize winner and cover this whole thing up. I mean, it's, the, the, one, of the, one of the talking points they're, 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 now, they're now taking against us is that, is that we are we are increasing threats uh, uh, against these places by reporting on them. I mean, I, this, these are uh, left-wing reporters, um, David McAfee at Raw Story, uh, some, some guy named Jahan Jones at MSNBC. What, what's your reaction to that, um, Carlos, that we're somehow people are making threats against these places because I'm publishing them? Well, what it is, uh, you're, you're causing them to more than likely lose the contract because these contracts that the NGOs receive, they're up for renewal sometimes every six weeks, sometimes every four weeks, sometimes every three months. So they're constantly having to be renewed. And if there's a video circulating out there with uh, an address or s someone with a platform like yours, they're more than likely gonna lose the contract. There's people who've been fired because of me. There's contracts that have been lost in New York City. I was also, the manager for the largest migrant hotel in New York City, and I made them lose the contract when I spoke out against them. So I've, I've, I've. What you're doing, James, is you probably cost them millions by showing up to Arizona. So it's all about the money. It's all about money. Isn't that interesting? I think I think you're probably right. Uh, Border Patrol Insider, do you agree with that? It's a huge cash grab. I think it's to bring down the economy and. And um, uh, so th there's no safety, and then the government, Big Brother, can come in and provide more safety, therefore taking more rights from the American people and the public. Um, we have to get to the next. Uh, do we have uh, we the people? This Arizona government watchdog group. Are you are you on? If you can, just unmute yourself. Yes, yes, I'm here. I'm so sorry. I have a touch of laryngitis, so I apologize. 
you and me both, I have something like that too, but we're rasp, our raspy voices are going to keep going. So you, you're a, a subject matter expert. You're in, is it Phoenix? Yes, we're, we're based out of Phoenix, Arizona. And, and I guess uh, we still have the Border Patrol Insider. We got another 10, 15 minutes. Any reaction to, to that aspect? You know, other Border Patrol, he, he said 99% of Border Patrol agents agree with him, but they got the mortgage, they got the GS-10 or whatever number it is. GS-10. 12. GS-12. 12, <laughs> GS-12. So that's whatever that is, 130 grand or 110 grand a year and the mortgage and the, and the all of it. I mean, I guess that's more of kind of a, 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 a philosophical question, but it just seems to me like they're in Arizona. You need people to step up. So what's your reaction to that? Well, actually, it, um, it brought a tear to my eye because we've been doing this. We've been going down to the border. We were following the buses back in 2021, and we were watching what they were doing with these kids. And we put in a bunch of public records requests, and we talked to Border Patrol agents. And I just remember our team sitting here, Brian Blim and Jordan Conradson was, was part of that, and my partner, Steve Robinson. Um, and we were, we were just perplexed at how the Border Patrol agents could see even just what we're seeing and and not be so devastated to speak up and to have this border patrol agent speak up the way he is it really brings hope and it really inspires me i mean the things we were seeing we were following these buses and just like your other your other guest on the show was saying we ended up having to rent cars to be able to chase these buses from the tucson encampment into the valley because they were crossing four lanes of traffic doing 90 miles an hour, and they were dipping in and out of exits because they knew we were following them. So we set up teams and had a communication. We had radios and um, followed them into these encampments. And then when we would get to these housings out here in the valley, they would know we were following them. They would have us follow them through residential residential neighborhoods for sometimes up to two hours while they posted security people at the gates before the bus would pull in. So you're telling me um, that these buses would, would evade you for hours? This is buses filled with these migrants and, and asylum seekers. Yes, they. so there was one bus in particular in Mesa that we followed through the neighborhood for two hours and we couldn't figure out initially what he was doing. And then we realized it was so that they could have time to bring in law enforcement and security guards. So when we finally arrived at the location, the bus went into the facility and angled itself to block the view of the road, almost in a dangerous way of parking. And Brian Blim um, got up on the back side of an apartment complex to videotape what, who was getting off the bus. And it was almost predominantly all young girls between the ages of eight and 17. And there was not one woman on the bus with these, with these girls. It was two uh, middle-aged men loading these girls off these buses. Wow. Well, I mean, did you get some of that, those high-speed chases on, on tape or, or did you film it at all? Oh, no, we do. We have lots of video footage. We actually put a lot of this out in 21 but I just guess people weren't ready for it. 
and YouTube and even Twitter at the time would pull our videos down and censor it. But we have a lot of footage. We started investigating these facilities. One of the primary facilities that deal with the migrant children here in the valley is Southwest Keys. And Southwest Keys used to be a behavioral health, um, a behavioral health facility for youth. And they got shut down because of bed bugs and fecal matter and sexual abuse. Uh, the Arizona Department of Health actually shut the facility down. And then the federal government came back and gave them millions of dollars in grants to house these migrant children who have also reported sexual abuse and, and various abuse there in the facilities, but they're still operating all over Maricopa County. So you're hearing everyone from uh, people who've been doing this citizen journalism. I think it's better to have people on this weekly program at O'Keefe Media that are actually doing the work as opposed to simply commenting on the work. That's not journalism. That's, that's punditry. But you've heard from whistleblowers. You've heard from Tara, uh, HHS, Aaron, DHS. You've heard just now from We the People. They were doing the same thing that I was doing three years ago. Uh, people weren't ready for it. You're, you're hearing from a Border Patrol person currently working as a Border Patrol agent on the inside uh, bravely using a brand new feature. Uh, we have different predictions here. Some people saying, oh, well, this is going to lead to other people. Some people saying, no, it's too much. And what we're learning, everyone, is that the latest reporting here from the state of Arizona is that they want the money. This is a money grab. These people are widgets. They're being used to get the money into the pockets of the nonprofit organizations that get hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government. Uh, pretty remarkable. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm asking my team if we have another about five or ten minutes. Um, James, can I make one last statement? Yes. I, I mean, I want to thank you for being brave and speaking up despite the risks to you and your family. Your, your bravery is profoundly inspirational. We were all tearing up. Um, James, don't worry about it. This is, I, I, I've done nothing special. I'm no one special. I'm no one great. I'm not brave. I have God on my side. With God, anything's possible. I just want to make one last call to action. If you consider yourself a man and not a coward, step forward, please. I understand the bills of the family and the local stress and looking over your shoulder to see if you're going to be punished. Step up. Do the right thing. With God on my side, I'm not afraid. I'll leave tomorrow. I'm sick of this organization. I'm sick of these children. Who am I to say that this is so wrong and to continue to receive a check and hide in the shadows? I'm asking anyone, you, James, Elon Musk, Vivek, anyone, any of these big content creators, I'm able-bodied and willing to work. I'll step away tomorrow. I'll work. I'll stay on the inside. I don't know. I don't, there's no playbook for this. There's no guidance. My guidance and my manual is the Bible. But I'm just asking anyone... To just step up and it's a call to action. Now, if you think about it, you'll hesitate and you'll get fat and hungry off the check. Step up and do the right thing. You know in the bottom of your heart what's right. And you know what's false. Unless you want to continue aiding these little girls to get raped and these children be sold and all these men that are one day going to fight against our country, we're not going to have a school system. Yeah, right now it's in the big cities. What happens when it comes to your suburbs? What happens when they don't need us anymore? It's called useful idiots. I, I've done research. Right now, we're the biggest useful idiots on the planet. We, 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 we might say the national anthem. We might say we have a belief under God. No. Right now, we're doing the work of the devil, unfortunately. 2024 is the year of the light and the truth. 
Uh, right now, I feel like the Holy Spirit speaking from me. Uh, um, please come forward. Don't. You know what's right. You know where your compass lies. Hey Tara, um, are you, are you, your hand is raised? Um, uh, Border Patrol insiders, stay with us for one more minute. Um, Tara, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted again to thank your Border Patrol agent, and I do hope that his bravery will call other Border Patrol agents and people within DHS to come forward. I want people to know that one voice makes a difference. And Border Patrol agent, your voice makes a difference. We're going to help get you some whistleblower protection. And um, again, I thank you for your bravery. This is, this is critical right now. People must be able to speak the truth, right? We know that people are being trafficked. Children are being sold for sex. We know this is happening. The agencies are reporting astronomical numbers of people and children missing. So I thank you for your courage and your bravery. Again, thank you, Mario, James, and all the other whistleblowers, Carlos and Aaron and everybody on here just for standing up for what's right. And, and I want to say one more thing to the people that are listening, not the brave people or the people the Border Patrol agent mentioned who agree with him, but sort of struggle because they have mortgage bills, et cetera. That's something they're going to have to wrestle with. I think with increasing urgency as we as we um, as we head into the future of an unknown country. Um, well, let me just say this to, to not to the not to the good people who are confused, but to the evil people who seek to destroy the wicked people that seek to um, try to find out who's the person on this show. We need to find them. Right. That's the fear. Obviously, let me speak directly to you, to you people. Uh, for a moment. And let me just tell you how this is going to go. Um, one will become two, two will become four, four will become eight. And the same experiences that you want to torture these people, that those suddenly there's going to be 100 people like the individual on the show. And those individuals actually believe in something greater than the material world. So those 100 whistleblowers are going to start unifying the way that Tara mentioned and then we're going to cross the Rubicon where you won't be able to stop the momentum. You have to play whack-a-mole and start firing hundreds of people. That's not going to work out well for you. There's going to be a tremendous power in numbers. And the reaction from you, that is your, your, your battering rams, your secret subpoenas, your, you, that's going to not work out so well for you. And that's going to become essential for the success of our campaign. And the reaction to the reaction is going to feed the story. And the balance of political forces will now change. The balance of political forces has changed. The role of the oppressor is now reversed. David will assume new strength while Goliath is attacked on all sides and the hunter will become the hunted. And it's all because of this Border Patrol agent. Stay tuned, Jeez. everyone. Stay tuned. And one last word from the Border Patrol. Go ahead. 
ultimately there's one lord there's one god thank you for the ending model i don't want to mess it up i just want to say many of these men that are that are proud agents we were inspired by donald trump he was attacked we believe in our hearts that he had our best intentions he was one that cared about us it would show up and talk to us and made us feel as if we were real people and not just an agent of the government to commit evil mr trump if you can hear this I love you. Thank you. And you're always welcome in my home. Same with you, James, and all these people I've spoken today. Thank you. My mother will cook for you. You can always sit at our table. And no matter what they do to me, I'm proud of what we did today. Thank you. Thank you so much. We got your back. We're, we're going to tell your story, and you're going to inspire a lot more people. They're going to have to go through me to get to you. And they're going to have to go through everyone here to get to me. So we're, we're all in this together. It's 530 on the East Coast. I'll be speaking to you offline, brother. Until next week at 4 Eastern, this is On the Inside with James O'Keefe, Part 2, Migrant Bus Chase, Border Patrol Agent Speaks Out. We're creating a movement, and it's just the second week of January. Stay tuned. <laughs>